Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, prayer watchers. What's good, everybody? We are live tonight. Oh, I've been waiting <laughs> for another opportunity to get in front of you all live. What's up, everybody? I'm your humble host, Delta, coming back at you. It is another opportunity for us to intercede on your behalf. Ooh, we are so honored to have an opportunity to do this. One more again. Thank you, Lord. One more again. We get to be used as a vessel, and we know that our mortal instruments are only a conduit to get to you when the work is done by the good Lord and all that he has in store for us. So I know last week we were talking about some pretty heavy stuff because as y'all know, it is the season of keeping it real, okay? And how many of us are out here like, you not saying nothing but a word, Delta. It's getting really real up in my house, all right? So I'm just trying to let you know that Midnight Prayer Watch is not here to mince words for you. If you have never been on the watch before, welcome. <laughs> we do not get into this game of trying to Skirt around issues so as not to hurt your feelings. What Holy Spirit says is that we have to tell it like it is. And I'm just in a position where I don't want anybody to leave the watch thinking one thing. And then you get to a point where you're like, why didn't you set me up for success, sis? What's going on, Midnight Prayer Watch team? Why you didn't tell me when we had an opportunity? So listen, what I want you all to understand is the, the topics may be uncomfortable, but the Lord did not come to bring peace. It says it in the word. He came to bring division. And what do I always say on Midnight Prayer Watch, Prayer Watchers? It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. We pray and we intercede that it would be for you though. So we are here to keep it real, keep it funky. And we know that it's not about our words that come out of our mouth. It's about the Lord and his penetration in your heart. Okay, all we can do is just plant and water. He's the one that gets the increase. And so our prayer point this evening is who are your idols? Do you even know that you have idolatry in your walk? Do you even realize that? And so I wanted to break that down tonight because I really feel like this is a season where the enemy is trying to cloud our vision and really trying to create a spiritual blind spot where you can't even see that you are worshiping something or someone. I think the one thing that comes to my mind when you think about idolatry and what he said is 
I am a jealous guy. <laughs> and I remember that even way back in Sunday school days when I was being raised up in the churches, I am a jealous God and so on and so forth after that. Now, as we do more studying, we definitely learn more about how jealous he is and how he don't tolerate none, no parts of this idolatry situation, okay? But I think Holy Spirit is really just giving us an opportunity here to be real about it for ourselves, to really understand that there are things in our lives that are deceiving us into believing that they are not idols. But we are going to be watching the word tonight, y'all, like we always do prayer watchers, and we are going in to make sure we understand truly and maybe need to repent of some things that have been idols in our lives or that are currently idols in our lives that we just need the Lord to, to shine a light on it for us, okay? Because we definitely don't want anything in our lives that is getting more of our attention, that's getting more of our resources, that's getting more of our focus and drive in our relationship with the Lord. So when we talk about idols, what comes to mind when you think first what the Lord has commanded us for idols? And, and that's what the picture is depicting on the left which is just this, you know, you will not have any golden images carved things before me. You not worship anything before me. I am a jealous God idea, right? And so we have this idea that, okay, I'm not bowing down to some object. You know, I'm not sacrificing any rams or lambs or, or animals in front of an altar, right? Things like that. Left picture. That's what most of us are feeling like. Okay, I don't have any idols before the Lord. You know, I'm not doing this, this ritualistic stuff over here on the left where you see the people worshiping this bull that's golden that depicts what happened when Moses went up on Mount Horeb and came back down with the, the Ten Command, the first set of Ten Commandments and was like, uh-uh, what y'all doing? And Aaron out here, Worship it too. Like, come on, Aaron, you're supposed to be the priest. What's happening? And then during that time, we had the Lord, you know, just showing to the children of Israel, like, uh-uh, do y'all understand who I am? <laughs> and was furious. And then after that, if anybody has done that study throughout like the first, let's say, four books of the Bible, where you went from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I don't know how many times the Lord said in the word, do not worship anything before me. So he was not playing, okay? And then here we go right here with the scripture, y'all. Leviticus 19.4, do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molded gods. I am the Lord, your God. Very clear. There's no misinterpretation of this. And this is exactly what you see on the left side of this image. Now, the second image is what I want us to really, really focus on this evening. 
And that is the one to the right. Now, back in those days, they had not the same things that we have today, right? We've evolved as humanity. We've matured in our thinking and how we do things and how we go about worship and things like that. So a lot of times today, what I want to bring to our attention, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the most high God, is that there is a deception that is clouding the vision of us to believe that we are actually not idol worshipers when truly we are. So here's the layers that Holy Spirit was giving me when I was thinking about this. So when I thought about idol, I thought about like, we have a definition of what an idol is in the world, but it's really something that is where your heart is at. Where is your resources going to? And this is kind of the fine line between whether or not you are just a fan of a celebrity, whether or not you just admire their skills and their talents or you know what they produce and bring to society, or whether you've gone a little too far and bought too many t-shirts and went to too many concerts and are trying to look, dress, act like, follow, uh, all that. And now we are in idol worship to the left-hand side of the screen where you are doing what is being demonstrated, but in this modern day by worshiping that idol. So let me take it to the second level, aside from celebrities, movie stars, athletes, sports. Oh, let me talk, let me touch on the sports situation. (laughs) So myself included, when it came to sports, oh my goodness, you could not tell me nothing about an NFL schedule about when the basketball playoff game, I already knew up front. I already planned my day around the whole game schedule. I didn't put aside other things so that I could focus on watching the game or being a part of the game or going to a game. I just want y'all to catch this here. Are you putting your life to the side? The life that does not belong to you anymore in order to participate in these things? That might be a red flag that you are not just a fan, but you are worshiping an idol. And I had to come to terms, come to come to Jesus with that, to be honest with you, and ask for repentance because I honestly was over here like I'm living my life for this game. And they not doing nothing. There's nothing happening. There's no reciprocation of anything. And what we like to say in these terms is they not cutting me a check. Okay. I'm just trying to keep it real with y'all. And let me just change it from the worldly sense of they not cutting me a check and I'm doing all this for you. Is they're not going to be the decision maker for my eternity. What am I doing? 
what are you doing? Are you really spending that much time? Like I had to break it down, y'all, mathematically. One NFL game is about three and a half hours, depending upon if they go into overtime. I'm literally watching football, not including any of the pre-shows or the post-game shows, none of that. Just the football game on Sunday, starting from 1 p.m. all the way to 11, 11.30. A little bit of a break between the CBS game and the afternoon, the 4 o'clock game to the 8 o'clock game on NBC. I'm just trying to help y'all understand. I was that person, okay? (laughs) Anybody feel me? How many hours was that? How much time was I just in front of a television? Just getting sucked in. What could I have been doing with that time? What was the Lord saying he wanted me to do with that time? I was not caring at that time. Because you know what? I was worshiping something other than him. Plain and simple. So we have to be real about this this season. What is taking your time? And the second level of this is where are you putting your resources in? If you look at the statue, the calf on the right, you can see that we've got money in there. Oh, that's a big one. Are you worshiping money or the means to obtain more money? And are you putting all your effort into that? Are you worshiping material objects, cars, clothes, food even, where you are just like, sometimes you just got to break open your bank account. I think there's an adage that says, uh, let me see your bank account. (laughs) I probably got this all wrong. And then it'll show me where your heart is. (laughs) I'm sure I got the first part wrong. But the last part, I think y'all catching it. So if you are looking at where your resources are going to, where, what, what is that thing? You know, what are you really trying to spend time in? What are you really trying to obtain? And material things is an easy, easy thing for a lot of us to be in this idol worship deceptive way where we're like, oh no, you know, I just, I just like Ferraris for some reason (laughs) and got five Ferraris in the garage. Like, come on, bro. What is going on? Come on, sis. Really? Is it, is it that deep? Uh, You just got to have the new pair of J's that are coming out. Like your closet is full from the ceiling to the floor, double stacked. There ain't even enough days in a year for you to to wear these shoes. What? Who am I freeing tonight? How many of us? No, I've seen a plenty of closet that look just like that, where it's like, uh, it's only two feet on you, <laughs> two feet, and all them pair of shoes. Are you serious right now? Come on, who am I freeing tonight? Okay, Holy Spirit, move. And then when it comes to food, are you worshiping food? Are you like, yo, I got to go to the restaurant opening, okay? Because I have to taste 
that new Chateaubriand that done came out and everybody said on the reviews that it's cooked like this and it's gotta be that. And you leave the restaurant spending $500 on a meal where the Chateaubriand is like this big. Can y'all see it? Can y'all see it? It's this big, this big on the plate. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, who is getting free tonight? Okay, so that's material level. Then the other level, here's where you need to maybe lay this before the feet of Jesus and ask to, to get some revelation on what need, may need to come out of you. But are you worshiping your parents? Are you worshiping people, your kids, your husband, your wife? Maybe you're not even at that stage yet. Maybe your girl or your dude. Are you worshiping your pastor? Woo. Mm. I just felt somebody get a kick right there. Are you worshiping your pastor? <clears throat> Are you worshiping your church? Is it the church that needs to get people in the door? Or are you truly worried about salvation? Are you just trying to convert people to be members of your church? Y'all had to be real. I heard that today. I was like, wow. It's, it's so many people that just don't realize. And this is why we have to stay washed in the word, everyone, because being a member of your church doesn't mean that your church got the answers. It don't mean that your pastor got the answers. Your church is a structure, brick and mortar, four walls. You go there and worship and that's cool. Trust me, it's great. We're not anti-church at Midnight Prayer Watch because we understand the need for a community of believers. What we're saying is that, are you worshiping the church? Are you saying the church has to approve of these things before I go do, before I get involved, that whenever the church says, jump, I say how high? I'm going to just leave that there. And your pastor, the pastor is just, a, it's a fleshly human being. We are flesh. Your pastor is flesh. And I don't know how many stories we done heard about pastors backsliding, pastors falling off the wagon, pastors making poor decisions in the ministry. Does this not help? us realize that they are just people too. And so because we're people, we are valuable. Nobody is perfect, but Jesus, nobody. And so if we are hitching our wagon to whatever the pastor says, to whatever comes out of his mouth, whatever comes out of her mouth, whatever is, is being spoken about at church without us testing the spirit, which is what the word says, every spirit, every time. Because if we're in this place of truly knowing and having a relationship with him and saying that there is nothing that comes before you, then why would we say, oh, but the pastor said that, Lord. So I guess that's got to be right. 
Well, the pastor said, I can't leave the church. So I guess that tugging which you had that said, I need to leave the church. I got to stay. Oh, Holy Spirit, who's getting help tonight? Huh? Okay. And then are you worshiping? This is the next layer that's like, oh, we are suffering in this piece. Are you worshiping your job? Are you worshiping organizations and affiliations? And, and these, these associations have rule over what you decide. And that comes in so many shapes and forms and sizes. Are you out here just, you know, uh, stepping away your whole life for your Greek organization? And not even knowing how much of your time is dedicated, how much is in your closet that is all colors and, and all this nail and all this stuff is like, whoa, how much are you saying and even speaking over yourself that you have dedicated your life to these organizations? I mean, we have to be real this season and Midnight Prayer Watch is trying to keep it real, okay, y'all? A lot of these organizations are not what they see. And I told you I wasn't going to get deep, but I'm telling you all that you have got to test the spirit because 100% truth, 100% truth, some of these organizations are demonic and they got you in a web of deception. And because you don't even realize that you are engaged in idol worship, you just going along for the ride and they're taking you down, not to the straight and narrow path, but the broad path that leads to destruction and eternal damnation. Please wake up somebody. We cannot allow these things, people, groups, organizations, anything that at the end of the day is taking our eyes off of the Lord. It, it can be so many things. And that's why on the right-hand side of the screen, you see the picture. It specifically shows you some of the examples of what those things could be, but it's anything. Plug anything into that cap. Anything that is stopping you from being in relationship with the Lord and knowing his voice above all voices and seeking after his face above anybody else's calling or face or whatever. How much of your time is being spent in front of him, seeking after him? How much of your time is really and truly putting it out there before God and asking him to continue the consecration? How much of our time, ooh, he purchased our whole life. And not for us to, to just give it away to these other things or other people. And he just gets to like the shortness to like, okay, Lord. I know we had no time today. And so right before I go to sleep, while my eyes are half closed and I'm yawning, 
Let me say this prayer real quick to you. What kind of relationship is that? <laughs> if you did that to your husband or your wife, if you did that to your best friend, you know all day long you're about to have some problems with them. So how do we get to treat our Lord who created us like this? How can we be okay with that? We can't. There's no way. So this is what I'm trying to let y'all know. We wash in the word. The Lord says completely, very, very specifically and succinctly in the word. This is what I'm expecting for y'all to do. So here go one more verse before we go into intercessory prayer, because we have to know exactly what he says about this idol worship. And I'm telling y'all, it's all up and through. <laughs> Leviticus, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, like he just, he's making it known, like there's no excuse, you, you do know. So this is Deuteronomy 5, 7 through 10. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven. He's getting down, he's drilling down, y'all. That is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Very specific, okay? There's, there's no excuse. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation, he's not playing with us, of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Did I just tell y'all he not playing with us? He not playing with us. How many times has he said, you cannot have any other gods before me? Do you want this wrath? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> He's just like, trust me, you do not want to see me in this wrath when I kindle this wrath against you. And Moses had to take a whole lot of the heat for the children of Israel when they went and did that craziness right after the whole Red Sea situation. Like, what was going on? But these are our ancestors. This is what we're working with. And so we cannot be so short-sighted to think that the enemy is not going to try to come at us knowing good and well the Lord don't like this. This is like one of those like, oh, you really want to get me tight? <laughs> Go ahead and try to worship something else. So again, we have to ask for this clarity and we have to dispel this fog that is stopping us from seeing what the Lord has for us in this season of us peeling away back these layers from this, this idol worship. And again, it comes in so many shapes, forms, and sizes and it can even start off not in that way and then turn into that way. So we have to continue to wash ourselves in the word. We have to continue to lean on the Holy Spirit and ask for that guidance, ask for that wisdom and crucify our flesh. Because of course, our flesh being wicked is going to try to do things of this world. So who are your idols? is what I want you all to remember. And do you know that 
you should only be worshiping one God. Do you understand? And is your heart in the condition in which you want to worship one God? That's a whole nother prayer point that we can save for another night. But I know this prayer point has really touched somebody. And so I just want to get into intercessory prayer and just continue the leading of the Holy Spirit here to help us all really understand what the expectation of the Lord is. So Father, we just come to you just thanking you again for washing us in your word. And we know, Lord, that you gave us Holy Spirit to allow us to walk in spirit and in truth. And we just thank you, Father, that this walk is not done by ourselves, but that you partner with us, Lord, that you want to have relationship with us. You want us to know you and to know your character even more, God, this season, as we know the enemy is seeking whom he may devour, lurking about like a lion. And he only means to kill us, to steal from us and to destroy us, Lord. But you came, you came in the flesh, (laughs) sent your word in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ so that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. So I just stand and petition you, Father, to have mercy on us again. Have mercy on us, Lord, and to look at us and see Jesus, Father, because you gave us your son because you loved us and you wanted to reconcile us back to you, Father. And he was our Passover. He was sufficient enough for us to be saved And so, Father, when you look at us and see Jesus, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to even just be in a condition that our hearts would be open to you to allow us to see those things that are separating us from your love, Father. And specifically, we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for any idol worship that we have come into agreement with, any idol practices that we have been in agreement with, Father, any idols that we are currently seeking more than you, Father, we ask, Lord, we ask, Father, humbly for your forgiveness. And we thank you that you are a merciful Father. and Your mercies are new every morning, Father God, and that you would blot out our transgressions, Lord, and that you have a short-term memory when we confess our sins, Father. As you said in your word, we confess our sins to you. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord. Father, we don't want your wrath, Lord. You are the only thing that we fear. You are the only one that we fear. and We do not want your wrath. We ask that you turn your wrath away from us and to, to help us, Father, as we repent and turn away from this wickedness of worshiping anything other than you, Father God. Reveal to us, Father, any spiritual blindness, any blockages that the enemy is exploiting in our lives. Anyone right now, Father God, that is hearing my voice, but let it be your words that penetrate in their heart, Father, that they would be real with themselves this season of where their resources are going to, where their time is being spent, where their heart is truly seeking after, Father God. And if it's not you, Lord, oh, Father, we ask that you would bring conviction to them now. 
bring conviction to them now, Father God, before it's too late, before their heart becomes hardened in that area and they can no longer see the wickedness. They can no longer see the path that the enemy has them down and repent from it, Father God. We ask right now that you would penetrate into layers that only you know about in those hearts, Father God, that you would help us to have wisdom, to walk in the spirit of wisdom. And we ask for that wisdom, Lord, for you said that you have it and you would give it to us generously and liberally according to the faith that we have inside of us, Lord. And we intercede, Father God, for those that are even now just coming into realization that there are things that they worship more than you, that there is no guilt or shame for that because you have taken that away from us, Father God, and said there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so we dispel that guilt. We dispel that condemnation. We dispel that shame in the name of Jesus so that they may lay before your feet those sins, Father God, lay before your feet that unclean practice, lay before your feet those things that they have poured resource and time into and ask for you to fill them and to replace those areas with the water that we know does not allow them to thirst anymore, God. Oh, Father, we thank you so much that you are giving us a renewed sense of identity in you, that you are again impressing upon us how much you love us, how much you want for us to be healed and delivered and made whole and to be able to to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling, Father. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. And we uplift all things in the precious name of Yahshua HaMashiach, we pray. Amen. I just pray in just closing out our intercessory prayer that you all would just be real. Just be real about the condition of your heart. And that's where it begins. It's not to be in denial, not to be prideful, not to be stiff-necked. But he said that he delivered us from stiff-necked people and that he calls us his special treasure here on the earth. And he wants you to be free from this yoke that you have made. You may need to do some searching, but he is there to help you. He is there to partner with you and to walk alongside of you with this deliverance, whether it be a soul tie, whether it be a demonic bondage, whatever it is, he's already overcome the world. And so trust me, he has put that same DNA inside of you so you can overcome those enemies that are trying to drag you down. And we know that you are a fighter and that you can overcome because you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So we're continuing to uplift you all in prayer. And I just want to say that um, that is a very hard subject to even unpack fully. And like I said, we we were only 
introducing the topic because we knew we didn't have enough time on Midnight Prayer Watch to go into all of the areas. But if anything, we know that set the stage for Holy Spirit to do the work, right? We just are the vessels, y'all. You've got to be connected to the Lord and know that he is going to do the work inside of you. He's the one that gets the increase at the end of the day. So I just want us to move into our salvation prayer because I feel like Holy Spirit is moving. He is moving all up and through our watch this evening, this midnight hour. And if there's someone out here that is wanting to start that path, wanting to get on the right foot, to not even go down this path of idol worship or, or not even kindle the fire of wrath of the Lord against yourself. Oh, trust me, he's been waiting for you. You might be that one out of the 99. And if you are, you're ready to start this relationship and, and have this life-changing decision take place. It begins just in you confessing your sins and believing in your heart and asking him to come into your heart and you will be saved. And so this is just an example of a prayer. We'd love to say this with you if you'll recite it with us this evening. Father God, we come to you asking for forgiveness. We confess that you, that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that you sent your son, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, paying the penalty for my sins. And he was raised from the grave and is alive right now. <clears throat> and he's coming again. I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. In your name, I pray. Amen. You said that prayer with us. We are so excited for you. We are rejoicing with you because your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And all of your sins have been forgiven. All of your sins have been blotted out. All those transgressions gone, wiped out. And the angels are rejoicing in heaven. And so we just are so excited where you can start walking out this thing with the Lord and partnering with him on what the next step is in your discipleship journey. And Midnight Prayer Watch, like I said, is a vessel. We are a resource. And we just are here to provide a medium for prayer because we know how powerful prayer is and that prayer can lead you from hopelessness to victory, to feeling and activating that faith again and never letting it go because your prayer life is on fire. And we just want to shout out to our prayer watchers this season. We are just rejoicing for just the evolution of where the Lord is taking Midnight Prayer Watch. You can take it with you wherever you go now. We're on all of the podcast streaming channels. We're on Anchor, on Apple and Stitcher and Google and Outcast. All these things are just another way that the Lord is moving and continuing to allow his word to permeate through the earth because we seek after him always in everything that we do. So stay connected with us. 
follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube and Facebook at Midnight Prayer Watch. And again, I just want to thank you all for just hanging out, Midnight Prayer Watch, staying up, okay? And being in agreement with us. It is hard for us all this season. It is not easy when things come at us and the storms of life are trying to prevail, but we know that if you are continuing to stay alert, stay washed in the word and know that when Jesus was in the boat, he was not worried about no storm. (laughs) He was like, what are y'all doing? I'm in the boat with y'all and y'all over here wilding out. And I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm asleep because the storm is not going to harm us because we have peace in Jesus. We have peace. We have comfort. We know that no matter what our needs are, he will supply them all. So thank y'all again. Midnight prayer watches. You already know what time it is. Stay up, y'all. Stay blessed and stay washed in the word. 